Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. It's another Rip and Read, Tuesdays and Thursdays, at least twice a week. It generally features my wife Nancy, who does the deep dive on the stories of the day as an e-attorney. So it's not just the headlines. We really go to the core of what these stories hold into effect for us here and now and in the future. And this story that Nancy has brought to the forefront is Orwellian. It's 1984. And it involves our government agencies starting with Kathy Hochul, who announced that as big brother, big sister, she's going to protect us from ourselves. Listen to this woman who wants to get into your social networking and then possibly send you to a re-education camp. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms? And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on, on online platforms. What she mean by that, Nancy? Reach out to people. Well, the the details of of how she would be reaching out are are not yet clear, but it it sounds a bit intrusive already. It sounds to me like, hey, we don't like the way you're communicating. We may assign you to a re-education camp. Well, I mean, and and let's face it, some of these platforms, right, they have their own standards about, you know, like acceptability, what you can post on there. But this obviously creates the possibility that now you have the government reaching out to these platforms to say, well, when you're, you know, when you're uh, in New York, when you're sort of having people who are there, like this is what we find acceptable and maybe, you know, trying to restrict what they have. So she goes beyond mm-hmm. just social networking. Them, they're monitoring media also. Our media analysis our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. We didn't put that music behind her. (laughs) That was done by her office, that ominous-sounding music. Uh, 
Wrong way, Lou Rufino. I need to hear that cut again. So they're monitoring not only just social media, the media. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. It's incredible. This is right out of Orwell, 1984. She's going to be a big mommy. She's going to take care of us because we we don't know how to handle free speech. Yeah, but and also this is sort of um, a bit curious because it stands in distinction with what she was signing last year regarding employers and restricting their access to looking at potential employees or employees' social media. So right, so again, it's it's all about who controls the narrative, who controls what we consider acceptable discussion. Big media, right? Big government is going to monitor what you post and what you communicate. And we're going to trust Kathy Hochul, who has obviously a biased agenda, like any politician would have, Republican or Democrat. Yeah, and then you don't even know who's making these decisions. So where is the you know overall community standard, as it were, which is why you really want to have as much uh, free speech, as much open discussion as possible, right? If, if people don't like what they're hearing, they can turn it off. Uh, you know, you're not really forcing it on anyone, but to to take something out of the arena of even hearing it in the first instance, because you've set up this social media unit that's operating in some back room and no one knows what their standards are. It's dark ops. It's black yeah. ops. Uh, yeah. Nancy, you need to do a d- deep dive on this. What is the agency doing this and what's the budget for it? to be spying on our social networking. That's number one. Number two, hand in hand, since they're like uh, two peas in a pod, a soup and a sandwich, a horse and a carriage. Uh, Eric Adams, through the NYPD, is trying to encrypt all radio communication at the precinct level so that the citizens WhatsApp to find out what crimes are going on in your neighborhood would cease to exist and reporters would not be able to monitor what's going on in the city. Because they're suddenly claiming, oh, well, criminals are listening to police radio communication. Well, wait, I thought crime is down, according to their stats, right? Why would they be doing this now? Yeah, I mean, and again, in terms of you you request that people are the eyes and ears when, you know, they're on the subway. So, I mean, you're really eliciting people in general to reach out and be proactive. I mean, this is just a monitoring site. That's it. So, this way, people are aware of what's going on, and potentially, it's, it's a helpful thing overall. So to to restrict that, and again, there's no logic to it. There there is no rationale. It's available information that you're restricting for no known reason. This could be helpful if people are hearing this. Of course, and it's already available, and now you're going to take it away because you don't want us to know what our government is not doing. And you just want us to believe your propaganda. Like when you say crime is down, well, we say, no, arrests are down. That's why crime is down. We see plenty of crime taking place. But you can use the citizen's app to clarify, say, look, look at all these crimes that have committed in our neighborhood. Well, this, I mean, this started out the box with Eric Adams when he got into office, like within the first month and a half where he started off with, well, the people who are, creating, who are writing the stories about my narrative. They don't look like me. They don't understand. So 
you know, laying the groundwork for explaining why he needs to be the sole interpreter of what he wants to tell you. And that's brought us to the past couple months where now he's only restricted to having one, um, you know, sort of open uh, presser because he is so concerned about controlling the narrative and he doesn't want any misinformation. If I talk too much, you might misunderstand what I'm saying. So let's only do it once a week. So, again, this is all about just making sure that whatever I say, if I said it wrong the last time, people are going to correct me. <laughs> so I update my message so I can tell you the next time. And, again, like to your point, it's not that it accords with reality. It's that we just want to get the messaging right. And the last one, even more disturbing, because it's a bipartisan effort in, in Washington – both Republicans and Democrats want to restrict individuals from doing parodies and satire of elected officials, which is what I live on. I constantly, it's like Andrew evilized Cuomo. Andrew evilized Cuomo, right? And I say, hey, Andrew, I send him a tuxiu provienos fachim, and like your father you are. And I do satire all the time. I do parodies all the time, as do many in radio and TV and in writing do. 